going from spending Latina to an investing Latina with Julie Alma Taveras. Coming up, don't press pause and keep on listening. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. I am so pumped that you are here with me today. This is Jen Hemphill. I have yet another phenomenal mujer with us today that I can't wait for you to meet. But before, I wanted to let you know that we have opened the doors to Financially Strong Latina, a virtual event series that is happening starting March 18th. It is absolutely free thanks to the support of our friends over at AARP. You can learn more and grab your spot at jenhempill.com forward slash financially strong. And don't forget to invite a friend, will you? Now let's get to learn more about today's guest. Julie Alma Taveras is the founder of Investing Latina, an online community for financially powerful women. She is a writer and producer, and you can find her on YouTube where she creates videos to educate women about personal finances, investing, and entrepreneurship. She hosts the Ask Me Money Things show on YouTube where she answers questions from her viewers on how to manage their money more efficiently. Julie is also a contributing editor at Next Advisor in partnership with Tom where she writes about personal money stories from the lens of an immigrant Latina, and she's also a speaker and workshop facilitator. In this episode, you are going to hear the lessons Julie learned while working in her parents' bodega, as well as her passion for fashion and what happened during this time that led her to finding herself in a lot of debt, the turning point in her life and how she began taking investing seriously, and why she started her platform, Investing Latina. Lista, vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Julie, or you're also known as Investing Latina. Welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. And finally, I've talked about this with you for a bit. I know. I'm so excited. We made it happen. Yes. I feel like we have said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And I was like, okay, let me actually sit here and plan the time and plan the date. And now it's here. And I'm really excited. Of course, like we talk all the time, but it's really fun to now be on the podcast. Yes. And make it official, right? That you're on this podcast. So let's start like we usually do with your money story. Take us back, Julie when you were a little girl, una niña, what memories do you have? What experiences do you remember that really had an impact even until today that defines how, how you think, how maybe you manage your money? Tell us about that. Take us back. Yes. My first money memory was when I was 12 years old and my dad gave me my first credit card. And he said, okay, here is a credit card. 
this is something that has your name on it and it's through my account. If you have any emergency, you can use it. If you need to take money out from it, you can use it. This is the pin. And so he gave me my first credit card when I was 12 years old and I automatically felt like a boss. I was like, okay, I have a credit card, even though I don't have a job. <laughs> and it really kind of set the tone for the next couple of years after that, because I really kind of fell into this mentality of having, of being well off, you know, like this was something that people that only had money could attain, you know, that, that was my idea. That's what I thought. Little did I know that everybody can have a credit card and it a lot of times gets you in trouble. But eso fue mi primera historia cuando se trata del dinero. And it had a huge impact, like I mentioned, in, for the next couple of years. And I really, during my teenage years, used to think that because I saw my parents working hard and buying nice cars and all of these things, that we came from money, that we just were very capable and able to like have all of these things. And that was kind of where things started for me. And even though I see them working very hard, I still also thought that there was no limit or there was no end. So it was really interesting. But what I did always do, even from the beginning, was I worked with my parents. They both were bodegueros and they had a bodega in the Bronx. And that's really where I started working. So around that same time, I got my credit card and I would work in the bodega in the summers and on weekends sometimes. And that was really where I started establishing like the sort of work ethic that I have today and that sort of discipline to do things and to strive for more and to constantly be be creative and find ways to make money. I love that. So you got your first credit card. Tell me about that credit card because now of course you're a millennial and I'm not. And in my time they didn't give me a credit card. I mean I know you can have an added person. I don't know what the age on that. So that they just added you on to their credit card as an account holder? Did they put a limit to what you can spend? Like, tell us about that. Yes. I think the only part of the process that was required was adding a person to the account. So it was my father's account. He added me to it and they printed your name on the card. So it was still the same account number. It was still, I think it'd be the numbers on the cards were identical. It was just an a secondary holder. I had no idea what the limits were or, you know, how much I could spend. I'm sure I had a limit. But the thing about it was that it felt like some sort of sense of security. Like if mm -hmm. something were to happen, if I was out and about and there was an emergency, I had that. And I think that that was a really good way to kind of not create a sort of limiting belief system mm -hmm. in me when it came to money. Even though obviously later on, I realized a credit card is not your money. It's money that you borrow. But it really definitely made me think things are possible. If something were to happen, or if I needed something, cash is available, things are available for me to maneuver the situation. Right. Love it. Now you're, as I mentioned earlier, you're known as investing Latina. When did you start investing? And tell us, like, what did that look like? What was investing looking like when you started? 
Yes. As I mentioned, yo trabajaba en la bodega con mis padres desde que tenía 12 años. I was just in there being like the customer service person, ringing people up, la cajera, packing the bags, stocking the shelves, whatever needed to be done. And that really kind of made me enjoy work and enjoy doing things and enjoy staying busy. So I always had jobs. After taking on that first job, I started working at the mall. I worked in the business that I'm in now, which is the fashion industry. So I had an internship when I was 14 years old. So I just always kind of went out there and took chances and did things. And eventually, a couple of years later, I started working for a nonprofit organization. And it was something that I did like on the side while I was still in college. And I was like their temp. And in the summertime, they hired me and they onboarded me immediately and told me, well, we offer this retirement plan. It's called 403B. And if you put money into it, we also put money into it for you. It's in essence free money. And I'm like, oh, I like this. I like where this is going. I like the sound of free. So entonces, I, I fue que comencé. Comencé con esa cuenta de retiro. And it was just $50 per paycheck. I, at that point, you know, didn't really think much of it or understand what it truly meant. I had no idea about compounding interest and how much the account would grow. All I knew was that, you know, it was a little account that was there that was designed to kind of help me out when I'm old and wrinkled. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I love that. Now, later you worked at this nonprofit, which is what got you started investing. So tell us, then you also got into the fashion industry. So tell us what happened next. So you worked there at the nonprofit for a bit while you were in college. You had also yes. worked in the past at 14 years of age as an intern in the fashion industry. And you subsequently got into it again. So tell us what happened next. Yeah, so I've always had a huge passion for fashion. When I was 13 years old, I started uh, the high school fashion industries here in New York. And the reason why I ended up going there was because when I was in eighth grade, when I was 12 years old, I was going through the book of the schools that I can go to in New York. And I ended up applying to two schools. I ended up applying to the high school of fashion and I ended up applying to a law school. So it was one of those two things. I thought, okay, I'm either going to be a lawyer and have this really put together, buttoned up career, or I'm going to have fun and go into fashion because I was interested in it. As I mentioned earlier, like my parents are pretty fashionable people. Like my dad always liked cool cars and my mom always loved shopping. We would go to the mall a lot. So I really got a lot of inspiration from them when it came to that, to looking good and putting yourself together and expressing your mood. You know, mm -hmm. nosotros somos Latinos, somos Dominicanos, and we love to have fun and go to parties and having a huge family. My mom is one of 11. And my dad is one of four and we have this huge extended family. So that was where my inspiration came from. And the funny thing was that I ended up going to the fashion school because I didn't get accepted into the law school. But the funnier part to this situation is that although it was a law school, quote unquote, for New York City, it's like a New York City, this is all still public school. The law school was one of the worst schools in New York. Interesting. People that I ended up knowing that ended up going there. This was like a school where people got shot. <laughs> it was wow. crazy. So it was okay. 
a little bit like a blessing in disguise. But it, it was funny, and I only knew this years later, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was funny at the time where, because I thought of it like, well, all right, well, I guess I'm not meant to be a lawyer. I'm going to go into fashion and have fun. Entonces, por ahí comencé, and I went to the high school of fashion, and I interned. I, I worked for a fur designer and a sportswear designer, and I ended up working for uh, Mr. Ralph Lauren himself wow. when I was designing, and it was just such a cool experience, and I, I love the business. It really inspires me, and it's just fun to be able to express yourself through art and design, and I did that, but what also that led to was a lot of debt. So I started this thing where I would constantly be out in the field and I would call it like market research for my work, for the work that I did, right? So I'm like, okay, I got to check out the stores. I got to go to Saks. I got to go to Bloomingdale's, see how things are going because I have to study it. It's my job. But doing all of that market research, I would also walk out with like 10 bags of clothes and shoes. Oh, wow. And yeah, it really led me, unfortunately, to this point of really being a little bit of a shopaholic and accumulating a lot of debt that ultimately ended up making me feel really, I lost my sense of self Mm -hmm. seeing all of that debt. And constantly having to like pay down the minimum and it not being enough and all of the interest being tacked onto it. So it became this cycle that I almost didn't really know how to get out of. And I just kept going. At the During all of this, though, I was still investing into retirement. I was going to ask. That was my next question. <laughs> and so that is kind of like the interesting part, I think, of the whole situation. It wasn't like I stopped investing. And I think it's because of the fact that it was just so automatic. Like, I didn't even think about it. You know, the money that I spent was the money that I had left over. It was money that had already been deducted and put into the retirement account. So being that it was automatic in that way, it didn't affect me much and I didn't notice it. But what's great about it is that ultimately that account really ended up growing. And it also helped me when I was making the decision to really pursue debt freedom. Mm. So seeing that when I drew my little financial picture and I put all of my debts on one side and I put all of my assets on the other. So I had all this credit card debt to the left and on the right hand side, I had my 403B. And I was like, wow, you know, I have money in there. Like, I know that I'm still in the negative, but I do have this money in there. I am already an investor. How can I grow that? And how could I eliminate all of these negatives? So I think that that was part of the thought process when I ultimately decided, you know, this is it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to control the spending. Mm -hmm not do it emotionally like I was doing because I would do it not only for the whole market research aspect, but I ended up also doing it because I felt sad or even when I felt happy and excited about something new, I would go and do a shopping haul and go crazy. It was really a learning experience for me when it came to the debt that I had, but also realizing that I had made a good decision. I had started investing I had done it early at an early age, and I had the ability to recover. I love it. 
Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. Her Dinero Matters is supported by First Republic Bank. Ask yourself this. Does your bank really know you? It's time to discover the difference personalized banking can make by switching to First Republic Bank. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll know you by name and will be by your side to help serve you and your goals. Your dedicated First Republic banker can design solutions that support both your personal and business needs at any stage, from finding the right loan to refinancing debt to buying a home. And you can always call and message your dedicated banker directly from their mobile app for anything that comes up along the way. Learn more today at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. So you got into this massive debt. Would you Mm -hmm. say the shift into changing your spending habits, did that come when you saw the growth in your investment? Or when do you think that shift came? I also think that the shift came from... There was something really important that happened. And at this point, it's been seven years, but my dad got diagnosed with cancer mm. in 2013. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Just take your time. And it was something that was very impactful for me and for my family. And it was probably the first time in my life that I really felt like I could fail. Mm. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I appreciate you sharing this. Thank you. My whole life, I felt very supported by my parents and, you know, they were always there for me and everything that I needed and my sisters needed was always taken care of. Yeah. So that this was definitely hard besides him being your father, knowing everything that he's done for you that I can completely see how hard that is for sure. And thank you for sharing that because I know it takes some time. I know for me, my dad was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago, and that was tough. Unfortunately, he's okay now. But just even talking about it, the shock or just receiving the news, I still won't forget was like even his birthday for him to receive in the news. And I had to change everything. I stopped. I literally stopped my business. I continued with the podcast, but I didn't do anything else because I felt it was important to go down spend time with them. Yeah. It's tough because you start thinking about your parents in terms of like everything that they've done for you. And, and not that you didn't appreciate it before, but that level of appreciation, it just hits you bigger. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Hits you in a bigger way. And it just makes it so much tougher because just time is so short. Time is so short and it's, crazy to know that our life can change from one day to another 
And I really appreciate you sharing that because I know it's something so tough for you and so vulnerable for you. But it was a huge changing point, it sounds like, for you as to what you're doing now. Because right now what you're doing is helping Latinas become investors and encouraging Latinas as, you know, you call yourself investing Latina. So let's talk about that. Let's shift gears. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And talk about, so the turning point for you, yes, was seeing that investing grow, that you've made that great decision to continue investing, even at a time when you were spending and you were doing that quote unquote market research, which I'm sure part of it was. And then the news on your dad. And you're like, I need to change what I'm doing. Yeah, so definitely, I think those things kind of combined. And, you know, as I mentioned, I really always felt very supported by my parents and my family. And I felt like I can take risks and do a lot of things because I had them there. And I really did that, you know, and I took a lot of risk in my career. And I learned so much through that. And I made bad decisions along the way, for sure. And all of the debt that I accumulated was part of that, was part of those bad decisions, because I think I did have this sense like, oh, no matter what, things will be okay. But what I didn't realize is that if I don't take care of my own things financially, things may not be okay, not only just for me, but for my entire family. And that's really where I started to really kind of change and my mindset started to to slowly it wasn't immediate I wouldn't say like right then and there I started like not spending and just being super responsible I think there was also a moment after that happened that I continued to emotionally spend because of that fear and that anxiety of the entire situation so you know I slowly started to adjust And then I ultimately decided to start paying off all of my debt. I stopped spending. I spent like a full year of not buying any fashion or accessories because I felt at that point, I have it all. Like there's nothing that this closet needs. I went through that full year of not buying anything and I never ran out of things to wear because I still had things with tags on it. And it was hard to do because I was so used to that old lifestyle. But that challenge really changed me forever. And it gave me that power that I think I lost when things were out of my control started to happen. So I kind of regained that again. And I said, okay, I paid this all off. And I paid it off in 2016. It was for my birthday. I kind of set it up or timed it that way so that I would pay off all of my debt by my birthday And I had a fun party with my friends to celebrate my birthday. And I never shared my debt story with friends because I felt a lot of shame around it. I think as many of us do when we get ourselves into these situations, whether it's because of being a shopaholic like I was, or maybe because of very necessary things, you know, if it's something I know friends that have gone into debt because of medical reasons. And those are things that, you know, we also can't control and that just happened. So it really was a really big accomplishment for me. And I was very proud of it. And even as I was paying down those last payments, I made sure to really up my investment percentages. And I invested even more into retirement. 
And just slowly, that just continued to give me more power. And I felt more in control of the things that I could control. I could make decisions on because there will always be things that we cannot control that will just happen. But I knew that spending was something that I could control. How much I spend and where I put my money was something that I could control. And that's what I did. So that was in in 2016. And since then, I've been full force in terms of investing and building wealth so that I can really set things up well for myself and at the same time be able to take care of my parents. My dad is doing well, thank God. After fighting it for so many years, he's doing well. And I just hope to continue to have the luxury and the blessing to spend more time with my parents. And I think that being financially stable has opened up those opportunities for me. Like I'm able to do more with my family. I'm able to choose how I work and when I work so that I can enjoy the time that we do have together. That's powerful. You're basically saying being financially stable gives you choices, choices versus needing to do certain things. It gives you that choice and opportunity to spend time with your family. It gives you that choice to travel more. It gives you the choice that maybe not to go to, if you're working in nine to five, not to go to work for a few days. It gives you those choices that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have. I love that. So with investing Latina, you've been doing that how long? So 2016 is when you went full force. I am in it. I am increasing how much I invest. Tell us when that happened. Like, was it because of your experience with investing with your dad? What made you start investing Latina? Yes. I started off really just kind of sharing my story and my goals and what I wanted to accomplish. So I kind of had figured out, okay, I'm investing for retirement. Cool. That's easy. Something that I don't really have to think much about. The funds are are just long-term funds, target date funds, things that kind of monitor and follow, index the market. So there's not much thinking that needs to be done in that respect. But I really wanted to get into real estate. And that was a big motivator in me starting Investing Latina because I wanted to share that story with other people. And all of a sudden, I started Investing Latina in 2019. So it's actually been a little bit over a year at this point. And sharing my story and sharing little tips of how I got out of debt and how I would call up my cards and ask for my interest rate to be lowered and how I made it so that I had $102,000 of available credit available to me. Like All of those things that I shared really bought a lot of people to the account. And I think that a big part of it is also the fact that there aren't a lot of Latinas that are talking about money and that are sharing these stories. And I think that that has a lot to do with our media and what's chosen to be spoken of when it comes to our Latin community. And it's just really fun to be able to do this ourselves. And the fact that you have your podcast, it's like, we're sharing these stories ourselves. We're doing it. We're not waiting for them to be told by other people. Right. So I so admire the work that you do in your podcast and for being that voice to amplify 
more of the voices in our community. And it's been fun and it has grown. It has given me so many amazing opportunities. I'm now writing for Time Magazine's personal finance website called Next Advisor, which is awesome. I've grown my YouTube channel to almost 2,000 subscribers at this point. Amazing. It's just been a lot of fun to be able to be of service and provide value to the people that look like me and have ambitions like I do in this world that we live in. Absolutely. As you have shared your stories, because you started Investing Latina to share basically what you're doing, your goals, and basically accountability forms. Because I see you still do that to this day. I want to do this. And you keep yourself accountable by sharing, oh, this is where we're at. This is the goal. This is where we're at. And I love that. Now, with investing, because you are such a great example for other Latinas, because this has been a little over a year. Now, let's get back with Investing Latina, because as I mentioned, you're such an example. Mm -hmm. You show other Latinas that they can do this. They can invest. They can build wealth. What are some of the stories that have come across since you've started? Some like maybe success stories, even if this just they got started with investing. What are some success stories that you have gotten in your private messages or just comments on your Instagram or YouTube? Yes, I think a really great success story that I'm very proud of is I made a video a couple of months ago, actually right towards the beginning of the whole COVID-19 pandemic. And it was a video called 401k. Should I take out a loan on my 401k Mm. during hard times? And that was the title of the video. In that video, I did a lot of explaining on what you would have to pay for and what it costs and and how much you lose by taking out money out of your 401k. In essence, the money is no longer there. So you're not giving the opportunity for that money to compound and to grow. And then on top of that, you have to pay interest on Mm -hmm. that money. Granted, it's interest to your own account, but it's still something that it'll be another bill, right? That you have to add to your monthly bills. And you lost that compound interest. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And so I made that video and I partnered with Latinos for Secure Retirement. And Abby also mentioned she's the director there. And she talked a little bit about her ideas and what else you can do to avoid taking out a 401k loan. So there was one person that left a comment on the video saying that she was interested or she had been looking into taking out a loan because she had lost her job. And Now, a couple months later, we had like a little conversation. A couple months later, fast forward, she was featured on Next Advisor because she ended up choosing not to do that, not to take out the money out of her 401k. And that just made me so proud to see not only was did she choose not to do it because of analyzing what it would cost and what the pros and cons are. But on top of that, she was willing to share that story with other people. That's beautiful. So it was really cool to see her. She was on the front cover of the website and it said, you know, millennials considering taking out uh, 401ks and why she chose against it. So I consider that a really nice kind of success story. Absolutely. I'm really proud of her for doing that. 
I love that. Oh my goodness, Julie, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate your time. I'm so glad that we finally got together to talk on the podcast because I've been wanting to do this with you. You're such a shining light for Latinas. So I appreciate you keep doing what you're doing because we need you. I know I've mentioned we need more Latina voices in the finance space. So I'm just so glad you're all beside me uh, yes. with some others doing this work. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for that vulnerability because I know that was tough. Yes. Just to leave that little message with everyone. Life is hard. Things will happen. We're going to go through situations that are going to be very challenging. Some are not in our control. Even this whole pandemic is a perfect example of that. So it's important to try to stay strong and stay focused on the things that you can control and always think about what your goals are and do things that truly, truly make you happy. Don't bother wasting your time, efforts, or money on things that you don't really enjoy at the end of the day. Focus on the things that you really do like to do while being also concentrated on what your ultimate goal is. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. What did you think? If you couldn't tell by me talking with Julie, I absolutely love her. I love her energy. I love everything that she brings to the table. You can connect with her at YouTube by searching Investing Latina. It's super easy to find. I will also have the link in today's show notes. She's also on Instagram and she's a lot of fun to follow on Instagram by the same Investing Latina, you can search her up and her website, which is investinglatina.com. All those links will be in today's show notes. She provides really some great investing workshops that have been very popular. Now, no, she's not a financial planner. She won't tell you what to invest. She's an educator. She teaches you how to invest, all about what is an ETF, what is an index fund, and the such. So she's a great resource. Definitely check her out. And again, all the links will be in today's show notes. Now, one thing you heard was Julie tearing up when she was speaking about her father. Her father and her family is what drives her to do what she's doing, to reach her financial goals, to help others learn the power of investing. If your family is a big part of your life, which if you're like me, they absolutely are. And they are what drives you. They are the most important part and drives you to do big things. And one of those big things that you're wanting to focus on is your finances. Join us for Financially Strong Latina. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it is a virtual event, it's free, and you're going to be blown away with what we are bringing to you. You can learn more and get all the details at jenhemphill.com forward slash financially strong. Again, es completamente gratis. Thanks to our friends at AARP for helping us make this happen. Next week, it will be just you and I. It is also the start of Women's History Month, so we will talk about that and more. So don't miss it. That is it. Eso es todo. I appreciate you for choosing this podcast, for spending some time with us today. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 254 to refer to everything that you need 
from the show. Remember, being the reina of your money starts at this very moment by simply claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. If you love this podcast, love this episode, I would love it if you share it with someone you care about. You never know what exactly that person is going through. And the simple act of sharing can change the direction of their financial life for the better. Bueno pues, that is everything. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.